It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Triggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Girasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here, and boy, I am so excited about our show today. I have to tell you, um, when I was doing research on my guest um, today, boy, I felt like I got very emotional because not often in life do you come across people that are, you know, if I had to describe my guest and his family today, it's just two words. It's good people. It's just when you go on their website and you're going to want to learn more about them and how they just care about everybody that they come into contact with. So before we introduce our incredible guest today, let me just start with the business tip of the week. So I was thinking about this. Um, I think one of the most important pieces to my Glovey's business and what is creating the growth is that from the very beginning, I made it a point to make sure that I focus on good customer relationships. And it's just the little things that really do matter. So as many of you know, Glovey's are now available on Amazon And I have to tell you, I personally handwrite a little note on every single copy of the invoice that I send to the customer, just thanking them for their business and telling them, you know, enjoy your glovies because I know you're going to love them as much as I do. And I have to tell you, my Amazon reviews, everybody notices it. And they say, I even got a written, handwritten note with my glovies package. So... I think that's really important. Repeat customers are the best way for your business to grow. Okay, with that, wow, what an amazing guest. We have Bob Hubbard today, who is a co-founder of Hubbard Family Swim School. So Bob started, uh, let's see, what am I going to do? Am I going to talk about all of this, Bob, because I don't really have a full... um, bio in front of me, but I'm looking at the website, and um, Bob and his wife, Kathy, they've been married for over 40 years. They have eight amazing, well-accomplished children. They've started this business, and oh my, it's just, I can't even tell you, it's emotional for me because I can just see the love all over this website, but what really really took me in was right in the beginning of their website when you go in and you learn about them they state their core values and their core values are simple and succinct number one is do small things with great love number two everyone 
Pitts family. And number three, whatever, do whatever it takes. So Bob is an international speaker, and he's going to have lots of business tips for us. So with that, let's bring Bob on air. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. Bob, I have to tell you, your website blew me away. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, actually, uh, our team are, and led by uh, our IT team, led by one of my son-in-laws, is, uh, and Kathy, is, uh, is responsible for, for much of that. Uh, look and effort. So thank you. I will share that uh, feedback with them. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. And I have something funny to share with you, Bob. So if you can imagine, I am one of 11 children. <laughs> so we have that similar uh, background here. So you uh, at the dinner table, you eat fast or you go hungry? <laughs> Yes, it's very, very similar to that. And um, when I was growing up, boy, oh boy, my mother was an incredible cook. And with all of us, we were only one year apart, straight down the line. And we never, my mother never cooked for 11 children. Everybody always had a friend over. So it was always well over 20 kids every night for dinner because everybody wanted to be at my house with all the action. Did that happen to you too, Bob? Well, I, yes, because I'm the oldest of seven, and my wife, Kathy, is the oldest of six, and then we have eight. Now, in my family, our seven brothers and sisters were within 10 years. In fact, uh, I have a brother and sister who celebrate a birthday today, Kevin and Eileen, and they're okay. 11 months younger than me. So we had the first three kids in my family when we grew up were um, under a year, so... And then for some reason, my mother and dad still had four more kids. So we were a chaotic household. Um, <laughs> now, it's so funny that you're one of the very rare people that, that I'm meeting that you married into a big family because I did the same. So I'm one of 11 and my husband's one of nine. So when we get together, you know, it's 60, 70 people easily, and everybody looks at us like, wow, is this normal? And we're like, it's normal to us, you know, so it's a lot of fun. Well, my, my children have 51 first cousins. <laughs> we're up there. My mother just had her 30th grandchild, so my that's, kids that's awesome. are, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, all right, so Bob, tell me, um, so you were an attorney, correct? I was, yes. So you started out as an attorney. What made you get into building your own business with Kathy, of course, um, teaching children how to swim? Well, we, um, I initially was a lawyer. I was in a law firm and um, honestly didn't like it or do well in it. So after two years, I left and I joined a company that was a financial company and um, in their general counsel's office and went honestly with them for 15 years, had a, had a very successful career. Um, we got wiped out in the savings and loan crisis of, uh, 1988, uh, 92. Oh, and, um, the whole company, we lost the whole company and, uh, we had to start over. And I have a swimming background. I grew up as an ocean lifeguard in Breezy Point, Queens and Brooklyn. And, uh, Kathy was a, an elite, very elite collegiate swimmer. She swam Olympic trials and back in the 60s. And when we were in college, she was uh, an NCAA second and third in the NCAA championships as a swimmer. 
So we had a strong background, and she she had always worked hard with our own kids to get them uh, in the water, and she'd read books back in the 70s uh, about getting children in the water at a young age. And uh, so coincidentally, in 92, we both got involved in an organization called the Phoenix Swim Club, which was a competitive swim team here in town, but it had a big facility. And we were there from 92 to 98, and we helped develop that programming. And we did, you know, sometimes I heard you, I heard your introduction, and sometimes you have an experience that you almost empty your brain out and start over. But we had the opportunity to go to a meeting of a group called the, the National Swim School Association at that time. And we were teaching traditional swim lessons uh, from the middle of May till uh, early September, and here in Phoenix, it's warm. I mean, we were 89 degrees yesterday, so uh. we were doing that. We had a very good program. We had the swim team. We had a uh, running team. We had a rugby team, a very active facility, all outdoors, no uh, no real indoors. So we had outdoor pools. And, and so we went to this meeting and met people in the swim school industry. And the, the story that we tell is, Kathy went to a session, a training session there on teaching babies. She called me up and said, get down here. It was in Tempe. Uh, I went down, got a babysitter for the kids that were still at home, uh, Mm -hmm. went down, walked into the hotel at 7 o'clock, got home at 2 a.m. after just sitting and listening to these people who are now great friends, Mm -hmm. went back at 7 o'clock the next morning and joined the association, and uh, within... Three years, we had left the Phoenix Swim Club and uh, and raised started raising the money to build our own first swim school. Wow, that's amazing! That's amazing. So, Bob, what do you looking back? I mean, you're a big success now, to the point. Well, I wrote down a few questions. At what point did you decide to open up the next? swim club like what led into you now having four locations well the first location grew and grew and we candidly became uncomfortable uh with the size it was too crowded and i think honestly the the pressure that kathy and i have felt to grow is more related to people development that members of our team who wanted to stay with us and we couldn't give them the opportunity with one swim school. Um, we we had to have other opportunities for them to grow and manage. And we've been very lucky in, in that sense. We are having uh, next weekend, uh, 10 days from now, we're, ha- we're having a party uh, for our team members who have been with us for five years. And we have 55 people that have been on our team for over five years. And this is in a variety of positions from part-time to very few full-time, honestly. But, and we work hard to, um, to keep them and they have uh, a lot of responsibility and they do an amazing job. So a lot of the pressure on us to grow has been to afford opportunities for our team, our team members to, uh, to, to grow themselves, both business wise and financially. Okay, so we're going to be coming up on our first break, but when we come back, 
I think as a small business owner, one of the toughest jobs we have is creating an incredible team and hiring really good employees. And it seems to me, Bob, that you and Kathy have nailed that. So I wonder if there's um, a, a, a key or a piece to the puzzle here that you can share with us. How do you get really good employees that don't want to leave? You know, so I can't wait to hear the answer to that. But we're just going to take a quick break and we're going to be back with Bob Hubbard of the Swim Company. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine, and we have Bob Hubbard with us today. So, right before break, I was asking Bob, so how does his company hire good people? So, is there a process that you follow, Bob? Uh, yes, and um, our my daughter, our oldest daughter, Anne Marie Sunderhouse, is involved in our very involved. She's our dir- director of operations, and she pretty much right now she and one other person interview most uh, of the new hires. But the other thing is, I get involved in interviewing a lot of our uh, adult 
job applicants. Just it helps us. So we, we tag team it. We, okay. uh, if you, from a business point of view, we use a program, and we went to a seminar a number of years ago called Top Grading, which talks about asking the right kind of questions and really getting to know the people on your team. The other thing that we do, which is we're very lucky at, is um, we, we do what we call a continuous interview. And in our business, you can be, have, be very super nice, but um, you know it's really hard to tell whether somebody's going to make it as a swim teacher. So uh, part of our process is, is that people get in the water, uh, shadow, be part of the, the classroom session or the evening session uh, for three shifts. And we get feedback from the different people that they are in the water with. The supervisor watches them. They interact. And so when we have somebody on a shift, a typical shift for us is, is from 3 to 7.30 or from 9 to 2. So we'll get four or five hours with them three times, so 15 hours. So we get feedback. The, the job applicant gets an opportunity to be in the water and, you know, see what it's like. Do they like, they like kids? But they might not like different children every half hour. They might not like uh, standing or being in the water. They might not like getting home at 8 o'clock or 8.15 after a 7.30 shift. So we do that, and then we have what we, we kind of have a follow-up meeting, usually give with Anne-Marie and the applicant, and uh, you get feedback. You know, we, we find out how they felt. We, we give them feedback of what the people they were in the water and our supervisors thought. And then we either, we kind of either say good to go. Now let's start your more formal training. Or we really would like to see you in the water once or twice more. We got feedback that you were distracted or maybe not as engaged as we would like to see. Or the applicant may say, you know what? It wasn't for me. My, my partner, my spouse, you know, didn't like me getting home at that night. Uh, no, getting home at eight o'clock was too much with schoolwork. Or I didn't like it. So it gives us an opportunity to uh, kind of test drive the relationship. Oh, I think that's great. So now that you've decided how to hire, and I love that idea that you get the feedback from both sides, from your point of view and the applicant's point of view, because even if that applicant decides not to work for your company, well, you've learned from them as well. So oh, absolutely. I think- and sometimes you really get a red flag where they loved it, and our feedback was the opposite. You know, it kind of it gives us a little bit of a, a warning that maybe the, the, the perception isn't correct. So that's where we'll kind of put them back again for, a, for another couple of shifts. And we do pay them. We pay minimum wage for that. They may have a, uh, a pay wage that's, you know, stronger than that eventually when they get hired. But just to keep everybody clear, we, we do that at a minimum wage so that, every, you know, there's no, there's no kind of problem uh, legally. Okay. I think that's really, really great. Okay. So, Bob, now that we figure oh my other quick question about employees so what do you think it is that makes the employees want to stay with your company as long as they do you're retaining employees for years which is really an incredible tribute to your company we uh we talk a lot on our team about um 
being and being everyone is family and um, not just our clients. So we, we have a core value that everyone is family, which means we want to treat our clients, the children, their parents, their grandparents, their caregivers like family. Uh, we kid and say, like the brother or sister you like, not the brother or sister you don't like, you know, but right. um, then we also, we also expect our coworkers, our team members to treat each other like family. It's not, um, always a supervisory role. It's not always a parental role. And one of the things that we have is in our organization, everybody teaches. Um, it comes out of the water. We believe that uh, our relationship with the children, our relationship with our clients. So we have a world that gets a little weird sometimes because, um, you know, I, well, I'll give you an example. I'm teaching um, this Sunday. Somebody's out of town. I'm teaching for them Sunday afternoon. Doesn't happen very often, maybe once every month a month right now. But I'm going to be teaching uh, a, a series of baby classes from 2 to 5 on Sunday afternoon. My supervisor, my deck supervisor on Sunday afternoon is, uh, you know, a, a mom, you know, in her late 20s. But I, in our world, I will report to her for that shift. She's in charge. So, <laughs> And you may have a time where a supervisor who's on the deck on Monday may be in the water on Tuesday reporting for the same person that supervised them. So we get into a world where everybody, not it isn't always successful, obviously. We have our sit-downs occasionally and things like that. But, you know, it's a world where everybody's on the team and there's nobody too good to, to do our essential work, which is answering the phones, working with our clients, or getting in the water and interacting with the children. I think that's great. So nobody too good to do essential work. That's great. And, <laughs> you know, it's so funny, Bob, because, you know, when I see things get a little crazy in my own house with my three young kids, the minute I say, okay, everybody, we got to work, teamwork, 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 all of a sudden the attitude changes and it all kind of comes together. So see the same thing here that you're all working together on the same team and that's probably why it works so well absolutely it you know you have a common goal and you raise people up sometimes you know we may have a meeting or a training session where we're praising somebody who's been with us for three or four months and they're just really doing a great job or they you know we one of the things that we do do is we have a, a regular meeting and reporting rhythm so when we have a deck supervisor or a site manager who runs that, the location for the day, they give a report. They have a written report that gets emailed to most of our executive team. So we get feedback. And, and part of Kathy Hubbard's goal is that it be a narrative. It be storytelling. What parent did you interact with? What teacher did you interact with? Who did a great job? Who did you have to have a conversation with about being a little slow or being a little distracted or being a little up or down. So our executive team or our, our management team gets these reports so that if, let's say Bob is Monday night is a little bit, you know, stressed. I have exams coming up or something. Well, the supervisor, my supervisor on Wednesday may, will have seen that and then may interact with me before our shift and say, hey, how you doing? How'd the test go? How's this going on? Are you feeling good tonight? So that I know as a teacher or a staff member that, um, you know, there are people are looking out for me. 
or it may be that we're having a teacher who isn't quite where we want them to be, and then the supervisor, the deck supervisor for that later shift knows to be heads up. Maybe Bob needs more work teaching at this level. He's doing great with these two levels, but if he has uh, an upper-level class, he, you know, we need to give him some more creative ideas. Okay, so once again, it's a lot of feedback going around, and it seems, you know, the key here, again, goes back to that one word, communication, all around, up and down in the organization, and it seems like it really does work well with you. It, it does, and uh, we, we enjoy, if you don't enjoy being around the people you're with, uh, you're not going to last in our organization very long. Okay. Okay, that's perfect. So, Bob, we'll switch gears here just for us for a little while. So, you know, it seems like, in my opinion, you guys are so so organized, and one of the keys to success after interviewing, you know, so many entrepreneurs. I think you're my one hundred and fifty eighth show, Bob. But one of the keys to success, I see, is that. Businesses that have systems in place just operate like clockwork, and it seems to work. My question to you is, did you devise a business plan? Do you have a written business plan? And if so, when did you do it? We, um, we kind of had a business plan, but I think that one of the things uh, that we really strive to do is always be learning. Um, in fact, last night we had a, a book club for our company, and we had uh, 8 o'clock last night at a local restaurant. We had 13 of our staff members show up to talk about a book. Um, so we're always, we're always pushing um, and learning. We, you know, there's a guy uh, named Michael Gerber who wrote the email. Oh, sure. Um, yep. We use that very, very early on in the sense of, you know, work on your business, not in your business. Uh, you know, there's an, there's, I, I alluded to earlier to the Mastering the Rockefeller Habits book by Vern Harnish. Um, again, excellent about meeting rhythms and, and accountability and systems. Uh, our, our, uh, one of our mantras, if we have a problem, is blame the system, not the person. So if something happens, we try, and not, we're not, some of us, are very, uh, very organized, and some of us are not. Uh, and we could talk about that later in the sense that Kathy and I have very different personalities and are, we, we both have very different responsibilities within the company, and we've learned to, to work with that and grow with that so that, you know, you've got to go to somebody's strength. But within our company, if something goes wrong, we didn't get back to this mom or this child didn't get a progress report on their swimming you know, or they were at one of the biggest challenges we not a huge we look at is you know how long a child is at a certain level, and if they're at a level too long, how, what can we do to make it better or help them over the hump or do things like that? But you know, sometimes we'll miss it. Uh, the number of we're up. We teach. We're up on another commercial, but we'll be back very shortly. Stay with us, everyone. Oh. 
We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the WOW Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I'm so excited. My guest today is Bob Hubbard. Um, so, Bob, right before break, we were talking about a chat that you guys experience over at the school and um, had to do longer child is level I just want you to be able to wrap up that thought that you had well thank you the, Josephine the, the question becomes sometimes you know it, it isn't if we're not clear in what our expectation was or what our system was we have to step back and we say blame the system not the person so that if we do have a miscommunication or somebody doesn't get back to it, how did our next supervisor miss it? Maybe the, the paperwork was wrong or one aspect of it is wrong. Or, you know, then if the system is correct and it's being implemented wrong and incorrectly by the team member, then we have to have, well, either more training or a little bit of head banging that says, hey, you know, your responsibilities include this. You need to do this on a regular basis. Okay, great. Okay, perfect. I like 
So, Bob, is there anything more about the business plan that you can help us with? Well, I think in the small business world, a bit of it is resilient. You know, you 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 uh, you want to. It's a, it's a tough road. It can be pretty lonely out there in, in the sense of uh, that. So that's one of the things we really encourage is we're members, and I'm actually on the board of directors again of the United States Swim School Association, which is our trade association, and we we do that. And then you know, on the business planning side, I think also having uh, I'm lucky enough to have. Uh, other resources that, that will help us and we can reach out to them. The people that we saw in this business early on have been incredibly generous and, in, you know, opening even their homes to us as we traveled and learned more about the business. Um, but I, I think it's, uh, that's important. And then I think one thing is to go to your team's strength. Uh, I, I mentioned to you earlier that Kathy Hubbard, my, my wife and I, we have very, very different strengths. In fact, we kid at our operations that my daughter, Anne-Marie Sunderhouse, and I share an office, and Kathy shares kind of a bullpen office with our accounting and our uh, Pat Sunderhouse, who's, a, who's a, one of our other leaders and our op- head of our operations. <laughs> so, you know, there we, we work well, but we don't always have to be joined at the hip, and you have to let your team members who are good at certain things do it. You know, Kathy and Matt updated our website, and I was barely up to date on it. You know what I mean? I mean, I was, yeah. input, but I don't have a lot of input in that because I don't have that skill set. Um, but Amory and I do most of the hiring, most of the interviewing. I do a lot of our financial stuff. So. You know, I do a lot of our individual training or big groups and things. So you got to find where your strengths and where your team member strengths are. I think that's great. So, so know what you're really good at and the things that you're not good at. Either have other team members handle those aspects of your business or a lot of times um, small business owners, they outsource. And when they outsource, they actually uh, – um, hire people that are even better than themselves. I mean, Bob, for me running my own business, there's no better feeling to me if I can find somebody to do something better than I can do it myself. Like, I feel so secure knowing that that they're good at it, run with it. And I have to tell you, it allows me to do what I'm really good at. And I think that's how it all kind of comes together nicely. Absolutely. All right. So, Bob, tell me another thing. How about advertising? Do you guys do a lot of advertising? That's an interesting area because I think that's changing dramatically. We used to do much more print than we do today. I think, um, you know, the social media is certainly an important aspect because you were so kind and, and alluded to our website is an extremely important part of what we're doing. When we do print, we're very focused. We we kind of know that our decision maker is a 26 to, to 38 or 39-year-old female mom with kids under three or four years of age. So we tend to go to things like that. We also do a lot in our community in the sense of um, participating in donations to a lot of our local schools. We have a policy that we will we will only donate to causes that our clients either we as a team are involved in or our clients are involved in. So if we get asked to donate to an auction, we, we need,
need the donation. We don't respond to the Xerox letters that you that get sent out. We need the invitation or the request to come from one of our parents, of our, one of our students, to say, hey, I'm involved in this school. Can you help us out? So we're very specific about that. And then we are engaged in a water safety program called Safer 3, where we send people out into the community to the schools, and uh, we talk about water safety. And, you know, that is another way that we, we do our outreach. Okay, that's great. So you're you utilize let people know your business. Um, I bet you, Bob. My feeling is that you have a lot of repeat customers that have probably started as young as eight weeks, because that's when your swim lessons really start. As early as eight weeks, I bet you you have a lot of these customers for for over a decade. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Yeah, we, I, I tell that. parents that other than their obstetrician, when I see a pregnant woman in our <laughs> lobby, I'm the happiest guy in town because they know if, if mom has a baby. That's too funny, Bob, but um, are you there? Hello. I can hear you. Yeah, you can hear me. I guess we're still okay. I'm starting to pick up there saying, okay, everybody. But no, Bob, that is just too funny. But I just got that sense that you really satisfy customers. And I bet you have to even do that much advertising because a business like that, so really, I mean, I my children were very young. I It was my Hello? biggest fear. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. I lost it for a second. My biggest was the my children. So is your business probably grows by word of mouth also. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. The uh you know Listen. Something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school... Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have our great guest, Bob Hubbard, with us today. And, Bob, unlike um, 
the weather in Arizona where it's 89 degrees. It's probably about 17 degrees here in New York, and it is very, very windy. So I'm thinking our Skype connection got lost there for a little while. But um, welcome back to Paying It Forward, Bob. Thank you. Right before we got disconnected, um, we were talking about the fact that I knew what the answer was going to be when I asked you the question, but um, I am sure that you guys have such a solid business that a lot of your customers are repeat customers, and also your business is probably growing by word of mouth because... I started to say that when my children were young, that is the biggest fear of a parent is, especially when you live near the water or if you have a pool, is that, God forbid, if a child doesn't know how to swim, you know, you've got that risk of drowning. So I think, you know, you alluded to the obstetrician before when you see the pregnant woman in the lobby. I'm sure a lot of people look at your swim school almost as important as going to the doctor, that it's so, so important. That's the way I looked at it personally. Oh, absolutely. And I think one little subtle thing that happens is um, parents get support from each other. You know, when they're in a baby class together, we have hundreds and hundreds of stories of people who have become friends out of the baby class, and all of a sudden they're doing baby things together and toddler things together, and they become, honestly, lifelong friends, and they almost become their own support group. You know, when you're out there with a baby two, four, six, eight months, sometimes you're pretty alone in the sense of you're not sure. We really think that in our baby classes, we're doing a lot of parenting, sharing skills and building relationships with these parents, male and female. It's really interesting. In the evenings, we teach until 7.30. After 5.30 or 5 o'clock, almost 70% of our, we call them little snappers, our parents' hot classes, Almost 70% of our adults are the dads, dads. which is tremendous. It's honestly, it's different than when my generation or my, you know, when we were raising our kids. So that's an awesome, uh, awesome benefit out of the, uh, out of the aspects of what we're doing. So it's the dads who are getting in that water with their kids after a long day of work. (laughs) And, you know, it's probably, you know, helping their stress where they're relaxing and having fun with their kids. I think that's great. But here we are on another break. But we are going to be back with five incredible business tips from Bob Hubbard. So everyone, stay with us. We'll be back very shortly. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on Toginet.com. Clarence Caldwell's True Life Academy helps intelligent, ambitious people achieve and accomplish amazing things for the purpose of living the life they've always dreamed of. We will show you how to tap into the gifts that we all have been given. True Life Academy gives you the best possible chance of living a life full of wealth, health, love, and personal power. As a certified coach, mediator, speaker, and trainer, Clarence has the skills needed to guide you to the most amazing life you can imagine for yourself, focusing on your relationships, finances, health, and career. 
So join the Academy and be awakened to your true life, the life you dream of, the life that fulfills your purpose, yes, the life you were intended to live. True Life Academy starts now. Join Clarence Caldwell and True Life Academy every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Tokinet Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. I was just tweeting um, to let my followers know that we're going to do five great business tips from Bob Hubbard. So, Bob, before we go to the business tips, can you just tell my listeners how they can get in touch with you, especially if they live in the Arizona or Ohio area? Sure. Um, HubbardSwim.com, H-U-B-B-A-R-D-S-W-I-M.com. Um, if you have a personal question or a question for me to clarify anything we talked about today, my email is bob at hubbardswim.com. So we keep it fairly simple. Okay, that's perfect. And then, you know, Bob, I just wanted to talk about one other thing um, before we do that, you know, the business tips. Tell us about the fundraising that you guys do. We actually have a, a number of things that we do, but one of the things we're most proud of is we have a relationship with Phoenix Children's Hospital. And we ha- obviously we have a parking lot, and we, across our parking lot we have a uh, gymnastic center called Sunrays. And for the last five years, we've partnered with an event that we call the Swim and Gym event, which is okay. we we ha- we're having a lot of our clients express an interest in getting to meet our other clients. So we open up our parking lot. We actually sell spaces, a table and two chairs, in the parking lot on a Saturday afternoon in the fall, and. Um, we the the vendors come and they they're either some of our parents with different at home businesses or their mortgage company or you know whatever and they we charge a hundred dollars and they make their check out to Phoenix Children's Hospital oh, and then how we sweet. so then <clears throat> we also had a, a baby bottle drive where we took I don't know ten dozen baby bottles and put them in our lobby and the parents took them home and filled them with change, so change for children. And they returned those on the day of the event. And then we have a day where the gymnastics center is open, the swim pool is open, we have uh, music lessons for kids, we have sing-along, we have a band out in the parking lot. And then, uh, you know, the parents come, it's free, and then they'll make some donations. But last year, we last year was our best year. We raised over $10,000 uh, between for the event between 2.30 and 6 on a Saturday afternoon. And we had about 800 people uh, on property. And, uh, you know, it was a great, great afternoon. And obviously we've our total uh, funds raised for Phoenix Children's in the last five years is just past $30,000. Oh, wow. You, you must be so proud of that. You know, it's so funny, Bob. I'm a firm believer that, the more you give away, the more that somehow comes back to you. And I just kind of see that great goodness in your company that you're doing it out of the goodness of your own heart. And people see that. And people want to patronize business owners who do good for others. It's just well, it's a good feeling knowing that you're supporting a business that has such great intentions. 
thank you. You know, I think that's really, that's really, really just something nice to do for for the community. All right, so Bob, let's talk about your five great business tips because I always wrap up my show with that. So the first business tip that you had sent in was perseverance. In raising the initial money to build our first swim school, I made 61 presentations in order to get five investors to join us in our vision. Oh, my. Tell us about that, Bob. Well, in those days, we couldn't get bank financing. One, the concept was a little strange to local banks or even big banks. So if we want to go in and cut a hole in a floor in an office building and put a pool in it. And it was fairly expensive. Our first swim school cost almost $700,000. Wow. We had, had, and we're putting it into the pool. We're putting it into our our chlorination system, our air handling system, tile, and things like that. So it, you know, it was a, it was an expensive venture. And, you know, I think that people say, oh, you got five people to invest with you. And that's true. But, you know, I also got turned down 55 plus times. So, you know, refining my presentation, that was huge, making it better, making it more accessible and understandable to, to the people I was getting in front of. Um, and then, honestly, had a one long, long-time friend uh, who came to the table, and he was huge because he and his wife made a, an investment with us, but he said, I will do this as a matching grant. So he committed 200, he's a very successful businessman, he committed $200,000, uh, but said, you get 25, I'll give you 25. You get 50, I'll give you 50. So that is what really gave us the jump start to knowing that his money was there. And then all of a sudden we knew we would get to the 400 and then the, the last two or 300 came, you know, with work, but it was, uh, that was a huge, uh, yeah. huge aid. That's great. And Bob, it's usually the first one is the hardest to get because once somebody buys into it, I think the other investors aren't so leery about getting involved. It's that first one. So am I right about that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it gives you renewed enthusiasm. It gives you the aspect of saying, okay, I'm not just in my head thinking this is going to work. What do you think was that one turning point that happened, that occurred, that made your friends step up to the plate and say, you know what? I haven't done it, and you've been talking to me for a year about it, but I'm going to do it now. Um, I think one opportunity and timing for them, but I think, um, honestly, for us and our business, uh, video, we we crafted some very simple, this is 1998, some very simple video, and we're able to, we were teaching at the time, we were renting pools, we were doing things like that, so we did have a, a small block of business, but it was the aspect of them looking at our methodology, uh, the, the successes we were having with the children we were interacting with, uh, the number of clients that we had, even in a weird situation where, you know, we're, we're renting three different pools for different kinds of time every week and that type of thing. So, um, you know, and okay. then the commitment. So do you think that the dollar amount the the amount of money you were making was as important to the investors as the number of clients that you had? 
Um, I think it played a factor in the sense of it wasn't just a pipe dream. I We were running, I mean, again, we were teaching probably at that point maybe 300 children a week in a variety of different circumstances. And, you know, they could see our commitment and they could see the opportunity that we were at that point restricted by our access to other facilities. We were, we were renting apartment pools or different things like that. And, you know, we, we could, we had had a history, we had the curriculum, we had the energy and it all came together. Perfect. Okay, great. So we'll move on to business tip number two. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Your team needs to hear your vision multiple times. One of a leader's primary jobs is to persevere and instill the culture of your business. Tell us about that. Well, I think we, we again, hammer on our core values, but I think you can't hear it enough in the sense of, uh, uh, you know, another great writer that we use is Pat Lencioni and his, you know, Five Temptations of a CEO and things like that where, you know, you've got to share your message. And if you, you know, even if you watch a, a political campaign or different advertising, that you know, how many times do you need to have a, an impression before you really ingrain it? And so we we talk about our core values or we talk about skills and we have a uh, what we call a meeting and a training rhythm is that if you're on our team, you know you're you're going to have opportunities to learn, but you need to take advantage of them because if you and if we you know if we have somebody that isn't progressing, we can pull out the history of saying, well, you had an opportunity to attend this training and you didn't. You had the opportunity to do this and you didn't. And you know, or we we feel you really need to attend this training. So again, we talk about it. We have a um, we have a focus of the week in our mm-hmm. curriculum so that. Our supervisors, when they're having a meeting before every shift, we go over the focus of the week. We tell it, you know, we we talk about uh, children that are coming in, the new children that are coming in, or children that are finishing their time with us, and making sure they get their progress reports and things like that. So, you know, continued conversation and not leaving people out there alone because it's hard. It's hard work with us to to be in the water and to be with, you know, over four hours. To, to be with so many different children, and you need that feedback and reinforcement. Great. Oh, I love the focus of the week. I think no matter what kind of business you have, that's great. Even if you're a solopreneur, to have your focus of the week is really, really important. So that's a great, great business tip. Okay, business tip number three. In a service business, there is a kernel of truth in every complaint. Complaints and mistakes are opportunities to learn and grow. I think that is brilliant, and it's so funny. So many times, Bob, if we go out to dinner and I'm with my kids and I complain to the manager about something, my kids get all embarrassed and everything, and I turn to my kids and I say, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. If he's the manager, he just needs to know that something's not working right. I'm not putting somebody down. I'm helping their business so that they can fix the problem and they won't have another, you know, unsatisfied customer. So I think that's yeah, important. Yeah. Oh, it's crucial. And and we try to work with our team members. Uh, you know, the analogy we we try to use is don't hit the tennis ball back. Absorb the absorb the complaint, absorb the, the feedback. Because, you know, if you're, if you give them a yeah, but it's not helping you. And it's, and if your defensive walls go up, 
you know, it doesn't, it doesn't help. And, and sometimes people honestly are, are having other issues that are making them hot, a hot button. You know, it may be a problem at home, sure. maybe a problem at work. And all of a sudden it's getting translated through this one opportunity where they have the opportunity to vent to somebody. And, sure. you know, sometimes we're taking a body shot and you, you listen to it and, and then give yourself a, a 10 count and then try to respond and solve the problem. This is great. Okay, we have less than two minutes left, so I'm going to be quick with the last two. Um, tip number four is something I do talk a lot about on the show, is give your team members room to grow, make mistakes. Michael Gerber, oh, we all love that great book. He's the author of The E-Myth. says to work on your business, not in it. Document. If you do not you have nothing to sell or have others carry on if you leave. Document. So that's creating your systems, right, Bob? Oh, absolutely. You need, you know, again, I we have four locations, and people in our four locations are teaching right now in three hours in Cincinnati. And, you know, I have to believe that they're following the Hubbard system, and we have a team that's- member out there that, that's taking care of it. But the other thing we would believe in is sins of commission, not omission. If you're faced with something, do something. Don't just stand there. Great. If you make a mistake, fine, but do it. Okay, perfect. So we're really closing up. So I'm just going to tell you business tip number five, work should be fun. So with that, I just want to say thank you so much to Bob Hubbard for being a part of Paying It Forward. Bob, I know you're busy. You're an international speaker, but you took the time to be with us today. And what great information. Thank you so much. Uh, Josephine, thank you. It's a pleasure and honor to be, uh, be invited to be on your show. Well, thank you so much. And everyone, have a great productive week. And I'll see you again next week on Paying It Forward. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Toginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, 